Come on, why don't you take 10 seconds right here and just give God the kind of praise he deserves. You deserve this, hallelujah. You deserve this, glory to God. You deserve this, thank you to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let, let, let me tell you, there is a place before you're seated. Let, let me just say this. There's a place you can get to in your worship where you say, if you never did another thing for me, if I never saw another blinded eye open, if I never saw the lame walk again, if you never put money in my bank account and you never blessed me, you have already done enough. You have already said enough and been enough for me to give you this kind of praise. And why don't you show him right now to say, God, if you never bless me, I still give you this kind of praise that tells you you, de you deserve all the glory. You got 10 seconds to let him know that he just deserves it, not because of what he's done, but because of who he is, you deserve it. Now somebody give God a shout of praise in this place. Because he deserves it. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. He deserves it. Every hallelujah, he deserves it. Every hallelujah he requires. I'm not praising God for you because you don't deserve it. But he deserves all the praise and all the glory. Touch the neighbor, say he deserves it. Well, before I lose my mind, grab your Bible. I feel one of them sweaty Holy Ghost preachers coming on me. Can I just preach how I feel it today? I feel like the I feel like the devil's in trouble today. I I feel every demon about to hit the door in this room. I, I feel like there's that kind of anointing that's about to run every demonic force that's been chasing you and your family in this. I feel like we're in a room today where hell's getting real nervous right about now because there are some people in this house that say, I will not be denied. I'm about to get a breakthrough in this house. Somebody who believes it, shout on the cop. Y'all better quit. Y'all better quit. Grab your Bible. Y'all better quit. Quit that. Quit. Quit that. See, see, this is what I love about this is that somebody in this room understands that your expectation determines your experience. That you are only getting from God what you expect from him. And so for every person in this room that expects nothing, you're going to get nothing. But if you're in this room and you're expecting something, you better believe in this room that God will meet you at the level of your expectation. And if you can believe God for it, God will meet you at your need. One last time, somebody give God praise right now. Well, glory to God. I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 10. Let, let me tell you, y'all messed with me on the wrong day. Because I have been fighting all week and I know God's got a word for you. How many ready to receive the word of God today? How many ready to receive it? I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 10. And we're going to read verse 46 through 52. And as you're turning in your Bibles, let me just say how thankful and grateful I am to stand in this pulpit today. I believe that God has blessed this house with the greatest pastor and the greatest pastor's wife in the entire world. You know, God must have thought a lot of us by sending us pastors Jim and Dawn Rayleigh because he didn't just send a pastor, he sent one of his best choice servants to us. Can we let our pastor know all the way, coast to coast? Come on, let him hear you. We appreciate you, sir. We love you. Hurry home. I'm so honored to be the youth and young adult pastor here. And uh, let me tell you, God's doing something so special at Limitless. 
You know, on a Wednesday night, you ought to just duck your head in real quick. Drop your teenager off, duck your head in, and watch what God's doing. We're seeing lives change and transform for the glory of God. And you know what I love the most about it is that, is that if you go to Limitless and you come in here, you're going to see a lot of the same thing. Because we don't want it to be a surprise when they walk in here. We want them to go, I already know that. I know Holy Ghost, I know power, I know anointing, I know blessing, I know favor, and I'm just going to start walking in what I already know. Amen. Thank God for this staff. I just believe we have the greatest team and the greatest pastoral staff in the world, and uh, I'm just humbled to play my part, but I feel like preaching today. I got my beautiful wife on the front row. When she's on the front row, I preach quicker. And I preach better. Hashtag date night. Y'all know what I'm saying right there. Amen. Y'all ready for the word shout yes? I feel like preaching today. Glory to God. This is what God's word says. It says, now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded he be called. Then they that called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So when Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Today I want to set down though in verse 50. There's something God wants me to speak prophetically to you in verse 50. Verse 50 says this, and throwing aside his garment his coat he rose and came to Jesus it is my assignment God told me to speak prophetically today that he told me that if you'll be willing today could be your last day on the side of the road because God prophetically told me to tell you today that he is asking you to finally come out of that coat just touch a neighbor say neighbor it's time for you to come out of that coat I don't care how long you've been wearing it. I don't care how long it's been in your life. I don't care. God told me today is the last day for you to sit down on the side of the road in that same coat. God is calling you out of that coat. If you believe it, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the anointing I feel. Lord, I pray, show us your glory. Call us into something greater and we'll never be the same. I make one simple request today. I ask you to have your way. Do only what you can do. Father, show off yourself in this room. And when it's all said and done, we'll give you glory. In Jesus' name. And if you believe it, somebody shout amen. You may be seated, but on your way down, just look at somebody say, it's time to come out of that coat. Time to come out of that coat. If there's anything that you need to understand today about the God you serve is that God above all things and first things wanted you to know that while he is sovereign, omniscient, omnipresent, and all those things are that he is sovereign. God first wanted you to know this about himself, that while he is all those things, he said in the book of Genesis, I first want to be known as a creator. If you would have heard what I really said, you wouldn't have said this so quiet. I said, God said, I want you to know above all things, first things, that yes, I am omnipotent. Yes, I am omnipresent. Yes, I am omniscient. Yes, I am sovereign. But the first thing I want you to know about me is that I am a creator God. Oh, hallelujah. If you would have heard what I just told you, you would have got even a little bit louder because really what I'm trying to tell you is, is that it doesn't matter what life looks like before God gets to it. It doesn't matter what a world looks like before God gets to it. If God ever gets over top of your world and over top of your life and he begins to work down on the inside of it, your life and your world will begin to shift and change because all he knows how to do is create, not duplicate. 
No, no, see, what you need to know in this room is God's not going to try to fix your problem. God is going to create a solution for your problem. So therefore, I don't need to worry about sometimes it getting fixed. I just need to turn my eye to the sky and say, God, go ahead and create. Because when God creates, there is no force that can hold him back. When God turns the light on, there is no darkness that can defeat it. When God turns the light on and says, let there be whatever he said has to be just because he said that it should. If you're thankful for a God that knows how to create, you better give him praise right now. He can get rid of cancer and create a new. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. He can get rid of this and create that. He can diminish this and create that. That's why you ought not worry if it's not moving. Because God says sometimes, let me destroy a thing so I can create a thing. And therefore, you can have a new thing in him. He is a creator God, but it's important that you understand that not just does he create, he creates in a way that is simply different than all other creation. When we create, we need hands and tools and we need things and feet. But when God creates, he doesn't create with his hands. He doesn't create with his feet. He doesn't need a tool or a hammer or a nail. When God gets ready, oh, I feel the anointing. When God gets ready to create, he simply puts his hands behind his back, puts his feet together, and clears his throat and speaks over a thing. That's why one of the greatest things you can ever get is not somebody's opinion and not somebody's Facebook post. If you can get a word from God, a word from God can change your life. Because when it comes time for God to do something significant, God will always use his word to create your world. That's why you got to know some of you folks that say God's always talking, that devil's a lie. Because God is so intentional about what he creates, he can't just talk out of turn. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. God doesn't talk all the time. He talks intentionally, which means that he creates intentionally. God has never created out of order. He has never created down the line. He has never created something he wished he could take back. God speaks intentionally with specificity. That's why, my friends, you have to know who you really are. Because he, he spoke to sky and then birds. He spoke to grass and then cattle. He spoke to the sea and then fish. But when it came time to make you, he didn't talk to the sky and he didn't talk to the ocean and he didn't talk to the grass. He talked to himself. Oh, did you hear what I just told you? Do you realize who you really are? You didn't come from air. You didn't come from grass. You weren't birthed from the sea. God looked at himself and said, wait a second. This creation is too important for me just to leave up the chance. I have made you by myself. God wants me to let somebody know in this room because he made you with specificity, you are not a mistake. If you would have heard what I just told you, I could have just put 20 years of pain and tragedy and all that gossip and all that stuff people said about you because when God made you, he didn't make a mistake. You are who you are and exactly how God wanted you to be made. You are God's purpose in the earth. What I'm really trying to tell you is God made you on purpose. On purpose. And because he made you on purpose, that means he made you with purpose. Oh, oh, hallelujah. I feel something about to break wide open right here. He made you on purpose. Therefore, he made you with purpose. And because you have purpose, you need destiny. Because purpose can't be purpose without a destination. Oh, hallelujah. So what God does is he starts you off by telling your purpose, puts you in time to get to a destination, and calls that your destiny. What you have to understand is that in between what God said and the promise fulfilled is where the enemy wants to fight. Oftentimes the enemy knows more about you than you know about you. That's why God wants you to discover you more than you discern people. That's why the chief goal to discovering purpose is not you discerning everybody else's Facebook. 
and not you wondering what everybody else is doing with their life and keeping up with the Joneses. Where God really wants for you is for you to discover you. Because if you ever discover you, then you won't compete with people. You will complete people and then all. Because if you ever start completing people, one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to fight. Oh, if we ever start completing people, hell gets nervous and the devil is in trouble. If you believe it, give God praise right now. Look at your neighbor say, discover you. Discover you, discover you. Before you discern me, discover you. Before, oh, hallelujah. Before you try to figure me out, figure you out. Because we're all better when we're all figured out together. You know what you need, you know what you don't need. You know who not to date, you know who to date. You know what job to take and what job not to take when you know who you are. You have purpose. God puts you in this earth with purpose and your purpose needs a destination. Now I know what you're asking in your mind. Pastor Josh, I know I've got purpose. I know that I've got some things God has called me to. How do I get then from what God said to my destiny? I'm glad you asked. Because the truth is in this room today that you will only understand destination by understanding first desire. Because destiny always starts with desire. You thought destiny started with decision. But decision is preceded by desire. Let, let me put this in your word. I, 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 uh, I've been on a diet. Amen. I, I have lost 42 pounds. Thank you. Uh, I lost 42 pounds, and this is what I figured out. Um, I, I, I had the desire to lose weight, but I found out that all my decisions were based upon this desire. What to eat and what not to eat always becomes easier when I have the desire to do what I'm called to do. Uh, are, are you hearing me in this room? That, that oftentimes before, see, that's what the enemy does. That's what the enemy does. He knows that if he wants to mess in the destination, he doesn't reach back into your decisions. He will flutter back into your desire. And if he can pick in your desire, he knows that your desire determines your decisions. That's why in this room, you've got to really understand and evaluate what are my desires. Because you are only making decisions based on the current set of desires that are setting down in your spirit. Because watch this, when you make the right desires, the desires make the right decisions, and decisions lead you in a direction. What if I told you your feet are only following your last decision? Let that sit down in your spirit for a second. What, what if I told you, let me, let me go deeper. What if I told you that where you are is not an accident? That some of the stuff you call in warfare is really a bad choice. Some of the stuff you call in demonic activity and spiritual warfare and some of that stuff that you're calling attacked and he's all over me this. No, he ain't all over you. You chose that thing. And now you are just reaping. Y'all ain't saying a word to me. Now you just reaping what you've been sowing and trying to blame the devil and blame God. When God's really looking at you and say, the devil didn't do that and I didn't do that, you willed that, oh, oh, hallelujah, by your own decision. And guess what, baby? The principle is true. Whatever a man sows, he will I just set somebody free right there because it wasn't no demon. It wasn't no issue. It was your poor choices. If you want to change your direction and change your destination, you will have to back up to your decisions and then evaluate your desire. If you believe it, say amen. amen. If you want to get to your destiny, destination always comes from desire. And everything I just told you is powerful and true and works. And the formula's right. As long as life is good. As long as everybody's behaving, the formula works. Y'all ain't saying nothing. As long as the money's in the bank account, the formula works. As long as my kids are all right, amen, it works. But how many know if you live long enough, you can hit a spot in the road? Oh where life will hit you in a way that you weren't prepared for. 
How many know if you see now I got some real people? Uh, all my real people understand what I'm saying. That you can live life in such a way that one day you can be walking and everything be good and you can be moving to your destiny and all of a sudden you get sideswiped by an issue. All of a sudden you get hit by something you didn't expect, something you didn't prepare for, something that wasn't in the retirement plan, something that wasn't in your future, something that wasn't a part of your dreams. If you live life long enough, there's always something that will come alongside the road and push you out of the game on to the sideline everything in that scenario works with purpose and destiny and decision as long as life is good but what do you do when all of a sudden something hits you that you didn't have a plan for what do you do when a tragedy hits your life that is so severe that you don't know how to handle it? You don't know how to handle it financially. You don't know what to do emotionally. You're not stable. It seems like everything all at once, your whole world falls apart, and you don't know what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the conflict of our text. Because our text centers around a man named Bartimaeus. In the Hebrew, if you said bar before any name, bar simply means in the Hebrew context, son of. Meaning that Bartimaeus is a man with a future. If the Bible ever put bar and then the name and it talked about you, that meant you were important. Why? Because you had pedigree. Because anytime you have pedigree, you have inheritance. Did you hear what I just told you? Do you, do you realize why it's important for you not just to be a follower of Jesus but a child of God? I am more than just a follower of Jesus. I am a child of the living God. Why? Because as long as I got pedigree, uh, as long as I got pedigree, as long as I know who my daddy is and my daddy knows who I am, it doesn't matter what you do to me or what you say about me. It doesn't matter what you think about me. As long as I got pedigree, I still have my inheritance. You can say what you want, think what you want, do what you want, but ain't nothing stopping God from getting my inheritance it's in my hand if I got any children of God somebody give him praise right now oh I feel like preaching right here I said where are the children of God at where are the people that know I might have been born to so and so and so and so but at the end of the day even if they left me I would still have provision I would still have favor I would still have blessing because my daddy Oh, my daddy doesn't own some of it or three quarters of it. My daddy owns it all. Somebody who believes it, give God some glory in this room. Bartimaeus is the son of Timaeus. He has pedigree. He has inheritance, which means he has a future. As long as you have inheritance, you have a future. The enemy don't want you to know what you have in God. Y'all ain't saying a word to me. He don't want you to know, we wouldn't want you to know what you have in God because if you ever figure out what you have, that means you have hope, uh, a future, an expected end. I'll have some, do I have anybody that hears what I'm saying today? I'll preach to myself if I've got to. But I'm trying to tell you that there are some things in your future just because you're one of God's kids. I said there's still some things. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. It doesn't matter what people did. It doesn't matter what generational curses are in your life. You are one of his. And as long as you've got inheritance, there is a future and a hope for your life. Bartimaeus is a man of pedigree. He is a man with a future. He is Bartimaeus. Yet in our text, something has hit his life. Somewhere along the way, he went from being Bartimaeus to the text calling him blind Bartimaeus. Have you ever had something so tragic hit your life? That it took away your vision? Maybe I'm the only one in this room today. Have you ever had something hit your life 
that took the rug right from, right from out under you? Have you ever had something hit you that was so severe you didn't have words and you didn't know how to pray and you didn't know how to worship and you came to church and you watched everybody else get a breakthrough while you had to set in, y'all ain't saying a word to me, while you had to set in your pain and set in your hurt and wonder if anybody knows what I'm really going through? Yeah, I'm smiling and yes, I'm serving and yeah, I'm on this team and that team but I'm, I'm in pain. I've got real tragedy. Something has hit me the text stops calling him Bartimaeus and calls him blind Bartimaeus to make matters worse now his issue has taken precedence over his identity have you ever had something hit you so hard maybe a bad decision something you did you weren't proud of to the point where it was a momentary decision and you're living with a permanent label? It's been 15 years since it happened and everybody still calls you that? Y'all ain't saying a word to me. Have, have, you ever, have you ever had something from your past still try to keep up with you in your future to the point where you can't outrun it? It's label after label. And no matter what new opportunity you get, the label keeps chasing you and the label keeps pushing at you and the label keeps after you. Have you ever? He is blind, Bartimaeus. He is a man now with a future but an issue. And that, my friends, is the struggle in your faith. How do I get to my future and get out of my label? I am not mad at Bartimaeus for being called blind. My real pain in the text is that somewhere along the way, he believed in the label. Let me help you. You are not in trouble when they label you. You are in trouble when you believe the label they've labeled you with. If I don't say another word right there, we can leave and say we've had church because that's where some of you are living right now. You, are, you have embraced the label and you have said, I guess that's who I am. I guess I am blind Bartimaeus. See, I am upset with Bartimaeus that he took on the, and embraced the label because here's the thing. You may not have a choice in what hits you, but you do have a choice in how you respond. Are you hearing me in this room? I said, you don't have a choice sometimes as to what comes into your life and what comes from the sideline and knocks you down, but you sure do have a choice into how you respond. And there's got to be, I feel like preaching now, uh, there's got to be some people in this room that say, the righteous man may fall seven times, but he keeps getting back up again. I got hit, but the hit ain't gonna keep me down. I got knocked to the floor, but I'm gonna stand back up again. See, sometimes you gotta let the devil know you took your best shot and your best shot didn't keep. I'm coming. I got hit, but I'm still standing. I got hit, but I'm going to keep on moving. I got hit, but you can't stop me. Let me tell you sometimes how you can aggravate the devil. is when you come to church in the middle of pain, in the middle of tragedy, and you still go. In fact, why don't you just take 10 seconds right here and right where you are, take one step and take another and take another and let that devil know you tried to knock me down, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Somebody shout now. I'm not moving fast, but I'm moving. I may not be going as fast as I want to go, but I'm moving. I may be taking baby steps today, but I'm still moving. My pace may not be where I want, but I'm still moving. See, this is what the Holy Ghost told me. Some of you came in taking baby steps, but God said by the end of this service, he's going to turn your baby steps into a sprint to your destiny. If you believe it, give him some glory in this room.
Hallelujah. Excuse me, I'm just making progress. Excuse me, I'm just moving to where God called me. Excuse me, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you say about me. This ain't about you. He's calling me. Touch a neighbor, say neighbor. I'm still moving. Touch a neighbor, say neighbor. I'm still breathing. Because every person in this room that says my feet are moving, as long as you've got breath in your body, you can make progress because the Bible says let everything that has breath praise ye. Be seated. Oh, the devil's in trouble. I feel somebody getting mobilized. I feel somebody getting some strength coming back to you. Bartimaeus had something hit his life that took him out of the game. And the sad part about it is he believed it. I wonder what label you're believing about who you are. That's not what God said. And he did what every person who gets hit unexpectedly does. He used his limitation to drop his expectation. Can I do this? Because what is it about us that when we get hit or when we make a mistake or when we do something we're not proud of, we all of a sudden feel like, well, since I'm messed up, God's best doesn't exist. Bartimaeus said, since I messed up, maybe I'm really not called to have the inheritance I'm called to have. And anytime you drop your expectation because of a limitation, you are always prone then to build a system. Come up here, Christian. Let me, let me do this. Bartimaeus is the son of Timaeus. He is the man of inheritance. He is the person of purpose, the man of destiny. And all of a sudden, it starts with one little lie. And after the lie comes the acceptance. He begins to embrace it. And now he says, well, you know what? If they're calling me that, I might be that. See how quiet it just got in this room? I'm in it right now. I guess if they say it long enough, I might really be that. So you know what? If I'm going to be blind, Bartimaeus. Let me become begging Bartimaeus. And all of a sudden, Bartimaeus, because he believed it, started building a system. Give me the coat, you know, the begging coat. I should have on my father's mantle, but since I don't feel worthy of my father's mantle, y'all ain't saying nothing, of my father's mantle, I'll take on the beggar's coat. And since I got the beggar's coat, I might as well accessorize my pain and give me the beggar's cup. Isn't that amazing how the devil will accessorize your decision? The devil's in the fashion because he'll put something on you based on what you believe and he'll keep adding to it. Oh, Y'all ain't saying a word. Until all of a sudden, when Bartimaeus looks at himself, he no longer looks like Bartimaeus. He no longer sounds like, but y'all ain't saying a word to me. He don't even sound like Bartimaeus. Now he looks and sounds like the beggar. He has so embraced the lie over his life and so embraced the tragedy and so embraced the pain that all of a sudden now he says, I must become what I have been through and not who I really am. I will take on the coat. I will grab the cup. And now watch this. He sets down on the side of the road. He sets down as a sign that now I don't just believe it. I'll live it. 
Because I know what you really believe by how you behave. I know what you really think of yourself by how you behave. You can say one thing and behave another, and I'll believe the behavior over. Y'all ain't seen. He has embraced the system, and now the text says he's living in it. The text says he is setting. When I read the word set, Pastor Choi, I about lost my mind. Because the text never said he was lame, Bartimaeus. Good revelation, Pastor Josh. The text calls him blind, Bartimaeus. But the enemy has so convinced him of his situation that now not only does he believe he's blind, Bartimaeus, but now somewhere along the way he thinks he's lame, Bartimaeus. Isn't that like the devil to layer the lie? That if I can get you to believe this, I'll get you to believe that, I'll get you to believe that, and I'll get you to believe that. And before you know it, you are a shell of the person you used to be. Have you ever, have you ever looked back at some old pictures and said, I'm glad that phase is over with? <laughs> have you ever scrolled down on your Facebook and gone down to the first picture you ever posted, your, your first profile picture. <laughs> and the only word you could use to describe that picture was, ew. <laughs> what I want you to see is, here is a man who has so embraced the lie over his life that he is now sitting on the side of the road begging you think he's begging for money but the truth of the text is by asking for money he's really asking for worth because with every coin that hits the cup Bartimaeus is looking and saying I guess that's what my value is these days all of his value is coming from people. Oh, I'm in it right there. See, that's what happens when you start to believe the lie, then the only place you can really get value is from what people say and what people do, and you live a life of offense because whatever they drop in your cup is what you think you're worth. Whatever they put in the cup is what you think your value is. But my friend, the devil is a liar because you don't get your value from people and you don't get your worth from what's around you. The only place that matters to your value and your worth is what God has already said about your life. If you believe it, give God praise right now to let him know I've got value and I know where it comes from. That's why it doesn't matter what you say about me. Because your opinion isn't, isn't crucial to my destiny. Because sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words will never hurt me as long as I know what God said about me. Words can never hurt me as long as I know what God meant for my life. As long as I've got God's thoughts and God's speech over top of me, you can say whatever you want to say. It ain't going to matter because if you didn't make me, you can't break me, baby. Oh, I wish I had about 10 people that would give God praise right now and thank him to be the source of value and the source of your worth. It doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter what they said. God's got the final say over your life. Bartimaeus, I feel like preaching. Bartimaeus is sitting on the side of the road getting all his value from people. Whatever they put in the cup is what he thinks he's worth. What you, I guess I'm worth that. And it looks like in the text that the devil got another one. Up until this point in the text, it looks like the devil has taken another victim. He has pulled potential, and now somebody is living in less than. But I'm so glad that the text didn't stop there. Because I don't know about you, 
But when I read it, I saw that the devil messed up. He messed up when he took his eyes and he took his legs, but he didn't take his ears. Because you can lose your vision and still get your purpose. You can lose your mobility and still get your purpose. Because the real thing you need to get to where you're called to is not vision and it's not just your legs because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you have faith for it, it is faith that will pull you up out the side of the road. It is faith that will drive you to your purpose. You don't need, that's why God sends a preacher your way because sometimes you don't believe what God has. So God will send a yelling, screaming, spitting preacher right into your face to let you know that here comes Jesus. Somewhere along the way, the enemy messed up. He took his sight, he took his legs, but he didn't take his ears. And somebody came down the road and said, wait a second, Bartimaeus, today's your lucky day because Jesus is coming down the road. I want to tell somebody, you thought you were coming to church, but really Jesus was using church to come to you. Oh, hallelujah. Bartimaeus says, all I need is a little bit of faith because faith finds a way. And Bartimaeus says, wait a second. You said, who's coming? They said, Jesus is coming. You mean Jesus, Jesus? Yeah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is coming. But Bartimaeus, I want you to hear something. He's not coming to you. He's passing by you. Hear the difference in the text. He's not coming to. He's passing by. Because there are some seasons he doesn't come to. But trust me, if he doesn't come to, he will always pass by. Which means this, that if he's passing by, then you only have a window of opportunity to get his attention. You only have a window of opportunity to get what you're going to get from him. That's why every once in a while you got to praise God like you've lost your mind because you know he's passing by. You got to start praising God desperately and radically and out of control because you know he might never come back this way again. So while I got him and while he's on his way, Jesus. Oh, I wish I had some radical people in this room that don't care what your neighbor thinks and don't care what your row thinks. You know you got a moment and you're not going to let him pass you by while he's passing by. Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. 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 That's what you got to know about desperation. Desperation knows no decency. When you get real desperate, it won't be about who's on your row. It won't be around who's around you. When you get real desperate, you don't care what they think or what their opinion is. All you know is you need a miracle. So Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like there's some desperate people in this room today that say, I need a move of God in my life. I need a touch of God in my life. Jesus. Uh, be seated. Let me finish. Oh, Jesus. 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 Can you hear him? Can you hear him on the side of the road? Jesus. 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 I know this might be my last chance, so Jesus. I know this might be my only opportunity, so Jesus. Jesus. You better be careful if you're going to use his name. I said, you better be careful. Don't call on him unless you really need him because when you call on him, he's he's liable to come right on your row and sit right down in your seat when you call on Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
have mercy on me. And of course, right when he was about to get a breakthrough, there were some people that said, shh. It don't take all that. You're not in that place to believe like that anymore. He probably won't even hear you anyway. Y'all ain't saying a word to me. But the text said that he started looking around and thought, either I believe what you say or I believe what I know. And the text said, he said, you thought I was loud this time? Oh, I'm going to be even louder on this next break. Jesus! I said, if you really believe God has a miracle, somebody shout, Jesus! And the text said something crazy. I'm done. The text said, the te- oh, is anybody getting anything out of this? The text said, That all of a sudden, he's screaming, they're shushing, but the text said something about Jesus. The text said he stood still. Because this is the only kind of praise, my friend, that will get his attention. I have never seen people like this get a breakthrough. Let me see that cell phone. Let me see that cell phone right there. I have never seen this get a breakthrough. I've never seen this get a breakthrough. But let me tell you what I have seen get a breakthrough. So if you need a breakthrough in this room, you got 30 seconds right now to lose your mind and give God some praise right now. Twenty-five. Twenty. Fifteen. Ten. Five, four, three, two, one. Somebody shout on the call, yeah. Somebody's body just got healed right there. Somebody's son's about to get saved. I hear you, Holy Ghost. God is moving some things because you got God's attention. Stay standing. I'm wrapping this up. But I feel like preaching. I've been fighting all week. I've been tired in my body. Been on and off airplanes. But now I know why I've been fighting. Because there's somebody in this room that was in miracle territory. And God sent me in this room with this word for you. That by the end of this service, God said he's going to turn it all around because of your praise. And the text says, That Bartimaeus, let me finish this. Bartimaeus is standing. has come and now the real conflict of the text has shown up because he has called Bartimaeus can 
can I tell you what God told me to tell you? It doesn't matter what you've been sitting in. It doesn't matter what's been on your life. It doesn't matter what lie you've believed. God told me to tell you, he's still calling you. And the text says he called for Bartimaeus, and this is the conflict. Because now Bartimaeus either has to come to Christ or stay in his coat. I either have to stay in my system or I have to drop the system and come to Christ. Isn't that the conflict always? Because no matter who you are and no matter what part of life you're in, there's always a coat. That if you want what's next, you have to leave the coat you're in right now. Bartimaeus, I've got a future for you. I've got everything you've ever wanted. You never lost your inheritance, son. You never lost anything. I'm calling you. But Bartimaeus, are you willing to leave the coat? And the text says, that Bartimaeus said, I refuse to stay here another day. I refuse to set in my pain another moment. I refuse to get my value from people another day. Bartimaeus said, I'm about to come out of my coat. I'm about, wait a second, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. Did you see what happened? He came out of the coat and then he dropped the cup. Because there were some things that will naturally fall off your life when you do, oh hallelujah, when you decide to get rid of the coat. When you drop the coat, you can drop the cup and freedom will come to your life because who the Son sets free is free in. Hallelujah. Bartimaeus said, I'm coming out of the coat. I'm leaving my coat behind. And I'm talking to some people right now that you have to come out of your coat if you want his call. The text says that Bartimaeus left his coat and he left his cup and he came to Jesus and Jesus restored his sight and the text said that he followed Jesus on the way. But wait a second. It looks like it was easy. But leaving your coat is never easy. I want to have a conversation with my coat for a second. Because I really want to thank you. I know it doesn't seem like you were right for me and I knew you weren't right for me. But in that season, you were my security blanket. In that season, you kept me warm at night. In that season, you were exactly what I needed for what I was going through. And I really appreciate your coat, but I can't stay with you anymore. He is calling me. And to get to where he's calling me, you can't come with me. I'll never forget you. Trust me, there'll be some nights I think about you. And there'll probably be some nights I think about going back to you. 
But every time I think about life without him, it makes me think that I can never be around you again. So he's calling me out of my coat only because he's calling me into my future. And God told me to tell somebody in this room, I feel the anointing of God so strong. God told me to tell somebody you are on the cusp of your future. You are on the cusp of greatness. You are on the cusp of your calling. But God is asking you, can you come out of the coat? Can you leave the coat, Bartimaeus? Right there where you're standing with your eyes closed and your head bowed all across this room. If you say, Pastor Josh, I need a coat. I need to come out of a coat. There's something that I've been in and I've been in it too long. There's a lie I've believed that I don't want to believe anymore. But today the word of the Lord has stirred my faith and I'm about to come out of my coat. If you're about to come out of your coat, lift your hands as high as you can get them. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out of depression. I'm coming out of suicidal thoughts. I'm coming out of anger. I'm coming out of fear. I'm coming out of the coat of worry. I'm about to come out of my coat. Come on with your hands lifted. Sing, Pastor John. Come on with your hands lifted. Come on, begin to talk to God and tell him, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Come on, if you're coming out of your coat, lift your hands, lift your voice, and declare it in this room. We sing. If you're coming out of your coat, we declare. I want you to reach over right now and put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. And I want you to take this last 60 seconds because here's, here's the thing that I hate as a preacher about moments like this is that you have to come out of the coat. I can't make you come out. I wish I could. I wish I could make you come out of the coat. I wish I could reach into a moment and pull you out. But the only way you're coming out of that coat is if you decide and desire that this coat is no longer for you. So this last 60-second prayer, I want you to pray over the person on your right and left and I don't want you to pray. Something's happening right now. The glory of God is in this room. I want you to pray with passion and with fire because you are touching somebody who's about to step into another, a new level in the next season. Are you ready to help me pray? Come on, begin to pray right now. Come on, begin to pray for them. God's touching them right now with your prayer. Speak life. Speak courage. Speak hope. Speak hope. Speak courage. You're coming out. Come on, prophesy over him. You're coming out. Prophesy. He's calling you. He's calling you. 30 seconds. Fifteen seconds. Somebody's coming out of your coat. Now throw your hands to heaven and one final time we declare in this room as free people. I'm out of my coach and I'm singing louder. One more time. Follow you forever. Somebody lift your voice and say, You may. 
Father, I thank you for the breakthrough in this place. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you, Lord, for every free person. Today was a day of transformation. We have come out of the coat, never to pick it up again. And we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're saying and all that you're about to accomplish now that we are back on the road again. In Jesus' name, before you leave, put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. about to dismiss you. Did God bless anybody through his word today? Pastor Troy. All right. I want to say something to you today. I want to tell you something.